Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. The show where Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars is the subject. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud. And joining me once more in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's taking time off from being the governor of Naboo. It's Blyo Bibble himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is mental. We have not gone one show without a recycled Bly pun yet. And Matt, this is all because of you, you absolute spicy Legend, how are you, mate? I'm how are you? Very, very good, mate. Yeah, nice dark Monday evening to do to talk start to do some talking with. I've got to say though, for Blyo Bibble, I had some help from some friends of that one. Blyzak Pevy, uh, Eric Blylison came up with it, and Curtis Smith Bly came up with it as well. So um, we're getting collaborative <laughs> in our approach yes. now, mate. So, but all good here. Yes. How about yourself, though? Yeah, I'm absolutely groovy, mate. I've had a spicy weekend with family. Nice. Um, had some had some naughty food. Had a Chinese yesterday, Ooh. which is filth, um, and, and all whatnot. And spending time with family and getting used to this autumnal weather. But other than that, mate. Other than that, yeah, we're ready to shoot the galactic breeze, aren't we? We you are. Boy. Autumn brings the breeze, and so do we. Let's talk Star Wars. What's been happening in the galaxy, Blilo Ren? Well, mate, well, mate, well, mate. Star Wars Resistance Season 2 Episode 1 debuts on none other than YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, the first episode of Resistance Season 2 came out, and I think it's awesome that they put it on YouTube. I'm I'm of the opinion that all of, like, these animated shows should be, like, on YouTube or something, especially, you know, if the ratings aren't super-duper good. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, Disney Plus probably... You know, because Disney Plus is coming out, that's probably never going to happen. Um, but yeah, I thought it was awesome that they put it on YouTube. Have you watched it, Matthias? I have watched it. Yeah, I watched. I'm. I was a bit late to the party. I didn't realise it was on YouTube, and then um, I think I saw it on socials, and I thought somebody like put it on YouTube, like downloaded it, ripped it, and put it on YouTube. I noticed the official Star Wars Kids channel did it. I watched it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it, the 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 series it still isn't mind blowing to me. It's not blowing me away. This episode. It mm. felt a little bit muted, given how strongly the first season ended. But it's only the right. first first episode of the season. It's, it's just setting up the events of this last season. I think it's going to blast into life in the next coming episode, especially. Uh, so it's now I think we're now getting more into the, 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 the characters' motivations on both sides with Tam and Kazuda Blyono. I think we're, it's going to get better. <laughs> I just hope it doesn't, you know, meander along to a bit of a naff finish. Or alternatively, yeah, I hope yeah. it doesn't get so good that we think, oh, why don't they carry on? But it is what it is. It's, it's entertaining. It's good fun. And um, it's set during a period we haven't seen too much of. So, But yeah, I totally agree that putting it on YouTube was a was a nice little nice little thing for the fans to hold on to. But yeah, I, I think it may have also been because of the ratings, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't surprise me, mate. I mean, myself, I've not even uh, watched it yet. I've not even watched the full season of season one i think i'm like 
I, I've seen the ending of it, and I've mm-hmm. seen most of the start and middle. There's just a couple episodes in between that I've not watched. Um, but I'm going to try and find some time this week to sit down and watch it. And I know I've got like the Sky app on uh, my PlayStation yep. that one of my family members hooked me up with. Same here as well. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, but it's not, we, we can't celebrate Sky that much because I'm pretty sure that's the reason why we're not getting Mandalorian mm. next month. Or so it seems. Or so it seems. Yeah. L- yeah. Yeah. L- yeah. Under yeah a month good away. question for another time yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah but that's it really buddy yeah I, I think it's a great move um that they put it on youtube and hopefully um this is the start of many things from the star wars universe that will be put on youtube for uh public to see for free i think that's a really awesome way to go and i as far as i'm aware in terms of production quality and, and value this is like the first of its kind right Pretty much, I mean, Forces of Destiny came to, to out be, but, to be put on YouTube, yeah. yeah but, but for long, kind of like a longer animated show because Forces of Destiny was what like two, three minutes long and they were good fun. But yeah, this is uh, certainly for Star Wars anyway, it's it's uh, it's a first, I believe, yeah, for sure. So I, I think that's good news and I'm gonna check it out later on in this week, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, something a little bit meatier now, and we know like Luke likes his meat, um, and this is something we love, it, mate. love, love it. a bit of meat, um. This is something we've spoken about many times on this show, and we go back and forward. Um, Luke is on one side of the pendulum, I'm on the other side of the pendulum, so this ain't music to my ears. However, so the story is, Ryan Johnson, the Last Jedi director, says he would be thrilled if his Star Wars trilogy happens. Uh, Bang showbiz, they asked Ryan Johnson recently whether he had any plans to return to the franchise, even though it had been announced he's having a trilogy, but he responded by saying, and I quote, We'll see. I'm still talking to Lucasfilm and they're figuring out what they're doing. I've heard that bit before. But this bit, he says, we'll see what happens. I'll be thrilled if it happens. I am working on my own stuff too. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I I mentioned on the news section that Ryan Johnson came out and he pretty much categorically said, yeah, still happening. Can't wait. Living the dream, mate. Mm -hmm. And now, Mm -hmm. if, we'll see. If. So mm. I'm gonna. I, I've always thought it's gonna happen. You obviously, but you on the other hand have been a lot less uh, confident than I have. So you've now seen this. I'm assuming this is this kind of vindicating what you've been thinking. Yeah, this for me. I, I was it a couple of weeks ago. I said I wouldn't be surprised if like Ryan, you know, comes forward and says that the trilogy's not happening after Episode Nine. Yeah, yeah. Right. This isn't Lucasfilm and Disney do not want this news to be like spreading loads before episode nine, right? They want uh, positive press going, going out on the lead up to the rise of Skywalker, because why the heck not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that Ryan's wording in this is if now let's be honest. We all say things. I say things in this podcast that I might not necessarily mean, or a few months down the line, I might even um, like my, my mind would have been changed, yeah, right? That's just that's how, that's enough, how yeah. humans work, and people make mistakes, right? So, even despite the fact this is coming from Ryan's mouth, you know, directly, I wouldn't take it as gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, the Ryan trilogy could still be happening. I think, however, I think it's not going to happen. I think they've already agreed it's not going to happen. And let's not let's not forget here, this isn't just to do with Lucasfilm. I actually personally think it's probably in Lucasfilm's interest to maybe 
stay clear of Ryan Johnson for the time being because he has been so controversial in the Star Wars community. And that might be half of the Star Wars community. It might be a minority. It's very hard to tell. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to tell. But The the Last Jedi, you know, most purchased Blu-ray of the year when it came out, Mm -hmm. beating Infinity War, you know, I I mean, that's not a failure, is it? It's a big deal. That's not a failure. That's a big deal. That is a very, 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 very big deal. However, let's remember here, let's remember here, there's two sides to every coin. Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson might be sitting there going, do you know what? I've had to mute all the comments on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I get constant flack for the last Jedi every single day. Yep. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. So I'm going to call up Kathleen Kennedy right now and I'm going to say, look, this trilogy that we had planned, it ain't happening. It's not happening. I cannot be bothered with it. But Kathleen says, listen, Ryan, just keep face. Keep doing your thing. Keep, keep acknowledging that it could be in the works or something. Just be very indirect with it. And, you know, don't, don't confirm anything. And then after episode nine, after episode nine, that's when we can say, actually, our interests are going separate ways. That's how I see it happening. And all of that makes a lot of sense. I think it would be a massive shame if he does depart the franchise, because I'd love to see what an original Ryan Johnson trilogy without any saga baggage would be like when he's free to do what he wants and nobody can say, yeah. oh, that's not my Luke Skywalker, because you won't mean it. Do what you want with the characters. And again, I've mentioned before, Ryan Johnson is potentially on the verge of becoming an Oscar-nominated director. He will be able to pick and choose his projects and he'll be free to make what he wants. Why would he want to put up with a flack he gets from a section That's of it. fans. But for me, as a film fan, I would be, you know, I'd be so disappointed because I'd love to see what a filmmaker of his clear talent can do with an, with a open book. And on the, on the other side of that as well, it's going to cast doubt on the picking power, if you will, or the decision-making at Disney slash Lucasfilm. Because obviously, I mentioned it before, there was issues apparently of JJ on The Force Awakens the Gareth Edwards, Tony Gilroy saga on Rogue One, the um, Chris uh, Colin Trevorrow uh, incident with Episode Nine. He was he was gone. Uh, obviously, the Lord and Miller problems with Solo. It, there is f- f- uh, problems plaguing every film or you know every kind of key decision. Apart from the yeah. Last Jedi, which is the only one that seemingly didn't have any kind of problems. Yeah, ironic, and, ironic, and, ironic. and um, so you know every every time a big decision is made. It's backtracked upon, and how many more times can this happen? Now, I'm not calling for Kathleen Kennedy's head. I think she's been she's done magnificent things for the franchise, so none of that. So we'll quash that right now. But it is worrying that every time a big announcement comes, then this kind of thing happens as well. So I, I'd be disappointed I, if this happens. I don't, and personally, I think Kathleen Kennedy has been a phenomenal, fantastic president of Lucasfilm. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the best thing about Kathleen is that she learns. She learns her lessons. And listen, prior to The Last Jedi, we had The Force Awakens, which was a safe bet, a solid, solid, solid entry into the Star Wars episodic a Skywalker saga. Yep. Right? It was safe, though. Played it safe, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, it hit in real good notes, familiar notes, familiar visuals, and I, and I loved it. 
the world loved it. Yeah. Everyone loved it, right? The number one criticism of that film is that it wasn't original enough. And, you know, <laughs> yes. people are fair enough. Fair enough. A lot of people can, can't can see that that was almost necessary. It's almost like everything else is a checkmate. Everything else was a checkmate yeah. apart from apart from this move. And I think they executed it, Drink, uh, Drink. really well, <laughs> right? Rogue One. Again, they tried something so completely good. different. Rogue One, so good. <laughs> it was, honestly, people adore that film. However, it's clinging to the original trilogy. It's clinging to very familiar visuals, yeah. familiar characters, right? So again, it, it, and Jamie Stangroom in our big shout out, big geezer, big I love it. Oh, not big, big legend, big legend. He he mentioned it last week. You know that it, it was it, it was familiar, mm-hmm. um, and it in in a lot of ways it took risks, but also it played it safe. Yeah, the Last Jedi. <laughs> ah, ah, you may have heard okay. of it. You may have heard of it. Now this one. This one, I feel like Kathleen Kennedy told Ryan, you know, Ryan, go nuts. Do you this think? Is, this, this is the beef patty in a, in a quarter pounder. Oh, yeah. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the beef. This is the naughty bit of beef. And I think Ryan just did that. He used a lot of creativity on a, on a film where, where JJ left him a lot of open doors, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know, and and he didn't do it to how you know, you know a lot of people would have done that differently. A lot of people, I I would have done some things differently with episode, but we all would do things differently. We're all different people. But anyway, anyway, I still think this just comes down to the fact that Ryan, I honestly don't think he wants to do a Star Wars film. And I, I personally, when I watch him and when he talks, I think that kind of comes across as obvious. And it's something that people forget. People forget that Lucasfilm are calling the shots here. No, it's not just Lucasfilm. It's not just Lucasfilm. Ryan has a say in this. Of too. course, yeah. So that, that's my two pennies worth, Matthias. Yep, that's fair enough. Yeah, JJ, JJ put the oven on and Ryan bought the beef. All I'll, end, all I'll end up on saying is I completely agree. I, I, if Ryan Johnson turned around and said, do you know what, actually, I can't, I, I can't be bothered. I'm going to make my own risk-taking original films. I'm going to make films like Knives Out, which get A-list casts, which get Oscar buzz, yeah. which the critics yeah. love and people love. Yeah. Oh, I certainly hope I will. I'm really looking forward to it. One month, one month it comes out in. He, he could just turn and say, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a legacy for myself now of great films rather than being the guy who persisted with a franchise, which he clearly likes, but you don't mm. want to be known as a guy who just carried on in the face of people telling you you're wrong because George Lucas did that and look what happened to him. So yeah. I, I will end up on that by saying that I, I want this to be false because I want Ryan to do his trilogy, but I'm, I, I'm open to the idea now that it may not happen, but I'm yeah. clinging on, man. Yeah. And um, let's see. Let's see. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards it's, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there we go. There we go. And I'm sure more of this will come out the woodwork in the coming months, especially after episode nine. Yeah, I'm telling you, mate, I'm telling you, mate. I'm calling it. But I'm next. Are we ready to move on? Because I know that's a that's a meaty that's a meaty subject, and it's also a slightly emotive subject. But we we good. I think we're should good. we close the door on that for Something the time being? A bit being? lighter now, yeah, maybe. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um. <laughs> anyway, the journey to Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, yeah. Episode Nine, the end of 
the Skywalker saga continues this week with Marvel's Star Wars Allegiance issue number one. So um, Star Wars Allegiance is a four part comic miniseries that will be released every week throughout the throughout October. Yeah. Um, so it's out. It's out. It's about people are reading it. They're taking it in. And obviously, this is set in between episodes eight and nine. So this is this is new territory, people. This is new territory. Matt, Lord of Canon, <laughs> Prince of Canon. <laughs> I'll take Prince. Makes me feel young. Prince. Yeah. <laughs> T- tell me, mate. Have you read this bad boy yet? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got. Thing of course is, he has. I read these things, but. I don't. I need to start pulling the Blywalker and putting it on, putting it on the stories and on the socials, like the copy of it. I have read it, and you know what? I thought it was really good. I really, really enjoyed really? it. Really, I did. Have you, have Ooh. you, have you um, procured it or heard anything about it or read it at all? Well, well, you know me, mate. I know about it, um, and I, I love a, a hard a copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how the cookie crumbles. Mm. Um, Listen, I I really like hard copies of comics, so yeah. I'm thinking I might um, pop over to the comic book shop in in Basildon in Bazzy and try and pick up a copy maybe this Friday. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to try and go to the comic book shop mm-hmm. and, and pick up a copy because, especially I've, I've said on here, the mini series really appeal to me. I don't want these ongoing crazy long light series. I, I, I'm more leaning toward the miniseries so yeah i'm gonna i think i'm gonna pick this up um from what i have seen i've not seen a lot about it but from what i have seen and read it seems to be pretty positive the reaction seems to be pretty positive so that's good good news i think right yeah i think most people seem to like it i mean i think most people just see most uh, most people i've said have said seen have said it's good i thought it was really good i thought do you know what I, it felt vital to me not like it was it's not Ooh. it's not a like a required bit of reading before the rise of Skywalker, but it's a bit of ca- it's in a comic book which actually felt like it meant something for once. And there was awesome. when I read it, there was this kind of feeling of momentum now to me that like I was reading it thinking, right now it feels like the end is nigh, if you will. This is really it. The resistance are rallying support for the last hurrah, which is going to be obviously the rise of Skywalker. So it felt like a comic which was actually leading up to something, which was sowing the seeds. But again, I caveat that by saying. Of course, it's not required reading, but it will only help, I imagine, only enhance your experience. But do you know what? I thought it was really good. I thought the art was good. It didn't nice, use that. Nice. It didn't use that kind of weird face tracing technique, which so many comics use nowadays. But I don't know. I mean, people might read it and think it was all right, but I thought it was real, really good. I, can't, I think the newest one comes out um, on the day this drops on Star Wars Sessions Wednesday. The second issue comes out, and. Um, I think the authors may be may have listened to the old uh, jibber jab of jabber the hud the other day. Consider when it comes to canon characters, so I was quite pleased about that. But yeah, I'm not going to go into the story because obviously you haven't read it, and the listeners may not have read it. So, but you know, everybody gets a little bit to do. Uh, yes, yeah, good heads up. It's good heads up. I'm definitely going to uh, check it out, man. Yeah, do it, and if you do, do what I don't do and post it online. Let us see you've got it. Yeah, you naughty boy. I, I apologise, guys, but um, yeah, I, I look forward to hearing what you've got to say about that and the uh, and the Rose Tico comic. Oh, dude, you know for a fact there's a journal of Luke Blywalker <laughs> coming on that bad boy. Sweet or bad girl? Oh, ooh. bad girl. Bad girl. Yeah, bad girl. Bad girl. Bad girl. So let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap up this little bit of news then. And elsewhere, the little bit of bit, the little bits that come out from the galaxy this week. Uh, Kylo Ren's identity and his face is apparently unknown to the First Order, and the species of the Knights of Ren are being kept under wraps. 
And Anthony Daniels, C-3PO himself, he doesn't think that there's going to be a Rise of Skywalker boycott. Outside of the galaxy, in this Earth thing we live on, kind of looks like Rose Tico's being removed from the official merchandise. <gasps> um, Star Wars and Adidas, they've joined forces, forces for this new Star Wars Adidas R2 Nike Dogger sneakers, which look actually pretty boss. And um, on a light, light bit of note, Hot Topic put out a t-shirt recently which said the Mandalorian was Boba Fett which is very quickly oh. removed because <laughs> he ain't Bobby. Absolute schmucks. Absolute schmucks. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Couple, a couple of cool little bits there. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to when the First Order, the majority of them, actually find out who Kylo Ren really is. Just to uh, let you know as well, like on, especially that Mandalorian thing, I just want to give you guys a little tidbit just because it doesn't really fit into the show anywhere else, but I'm going to let you guys now on, uh, know this. Someone in my office, right, um like a swedish guy who's you know doesn't watch star wars not interested not a sci-fi fan guess what he's seen little bits of the mandalorian and he wants to watch it nice he's like he's like yeah when's that come out again and that's obviously an awkward <laughs> conversation where you're like well well frederick we're, we're not actually a hundred percent sure when it comes out but anyway, Mando, frederick yeah, I thought it was that was pretty cool, you know, that someone who's not even interested in the Star Wars saga is interested in the Mandalorian. You know, this is a dude who's like into Game of Thrones and stuff like that and like other box sets and whatnot. So I thought that was a cool little tidbit to tell yourself and the best listeners in the galaxy. Well, there we go. Well, Frederick, we certainly hope you get to see the Mandalorian soon. Uh, and everybody out there, what we think about the Mando not being in the UK is in uh, the Sacred Something by Cara fanzine coming out very soon. So we're looking forward to that. But yeah, some cool little bits of news there. The Rose Tico thing was uh, quite emotive for me because I use that term sparingly. But uh, yes, it does look like she's being taken off all of the posters which she was originally on. But um, yeah, that's a, that is another story for another time because that's blowing up online. But yeah, Knights of Ren, Species. God knows what they are. Anthony Daniels doesn't think anyone's going to boycott the Rise of Skywalker. So before we move on, do you think anyone's going to boycott the Rise of Skywalker or do you think everyone's going to go and see it anyway? Of course they are. There's always a minority that boycotts it, right? But those people that are all claiming that The Last Jedi, you know, has like destroyed their life and something (laughs) like that, you know, whatever. Dude, they're going to go see episode nine. They're going to go see episode nine. Don't be daft. It's going to smash it. We're all going to be there. We're all going to be making videos and podcasting about it. So come join the fun. Hi, this is Jamie Stangroom. You're listening to the Star Wars Session podcast, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. So earlier on in the show, we had a little chit chat about Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi was a divisive film and Whatever uh, part of the fence that you you kind of sit on on that, there were some great bits and there were some brilliant bits, right? Mm-hmm. I myself, one of my favorite bits, not just in The Last Jedi, but actually in the entire Star Wars saga, is when Yoda and Luke are talking in The Last Jedi. So, Jabba the Hud, Matt. Yes, mate. Geezer, legend. What are we going to do? We're going to have a little cheeky breakdown, aren't we? We're going to have a little cheeky chat. We're going to have a session scene breakdown. We're going to be we're going to be dropping some audio clips of that scene and we're going to be discussing what, what it meant to us. What did we like about it? Just a scene in general because it's a big scene. It's a big moment in the saga, to be honest. And I thought this was a wicked idea, to be honest. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it's just there's for me. There's like a lot in this scene, and I, I've caught myself over, especially the last like month or two. Mm-hmm. I, I fire up the old YouTube and I just watch this scene. I, I cannot get enough of it. So, how we're we gonna do this? We're gonna do this in a few different parts, and we're gonna play the audio to to you guys, and then we're gonna discuss it bit by bit. Okay, we we good? I think we're good, mate. Should we uh, drop part one? Mate, when you're ready to press play, press that bad boy. Here we go. Boop. Master Yoda. Young Skywalker. I'm ending all of this. The tree, the text, the Jedi. I'm going to burn it down. Skywalker missed you. We have indeed. So there we go, Master Yoda. You, you at, at the start of that scene, the music, the sound, everything. It's intense. Obviously, Luke has that like fire, like torch thing that looks kind of like a grenade, but it's just like when he came around the corner. It right. It's just a fat off lighter. <laughs> um, and he he runs up and he goes to do it. He goes to do it, and then what do we see? Mate, that pan, we see the camera pans to Luke walking up the stairs and suddenly these blue-hued oh. ears and little wispy bits of hair just what the back of Yoda's head. And yeah. I that was such a... When Yoda was revealed, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you love me, that was a great <laughs> moment. I nearly yelped in the cinema when that happened. Literally, I was me so too. excited. My hand was like... <gasps> I, didn't ex- I didn't expect yeah. it because I, I remember beforehand... Uh, I know uh, one of your buddies as well. Correct, pre- correctly predicted Yoda was coming back. Yeah. But I was so swept up in it, I wasn't even thinking about Yoda or anybody coming back. I was just thinking, oh, what's Luke going to do? Then we see Yoda. Yoda, I was like, this is incredible. And yet, uh, like I say, Luke's about to go and burn down the tree. Do you think? Do you think he was going to put himself in the tree and kill himself in the tree, or because he, <laughs> he, he went to the island to die, or was he just going to burn the tree I mean, down? It's it's a really good question. I think, from my understanding, is that Luke w- wasn't like feeling himself during that mm. time and stuff. He was like really down in the dumps, a bit depressed. So you know, maybe, maybe that was the intention. I don't know. I, Luke's Luke's purpose in this scene was to end the Jedi Order yeah. because of what he's already explained in 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 the film. And it, yeah, I think it. I think it kind of. That kind of makes sense. It's a good question, though. Good question, mate. Because he's got he's got his white ceremonial robes on. Because that's what he wore when Ray, well, I say met him, like they you know hung out together. But when she first encountered True. him on Octo, and then he got dressed up into his kind of like you know Jedi jogging suit. Um, and then for this big moment, he got his robes on again. And I think the novel, uh, the Last Jedi novel, called them like ceremonial robes or something like that. So they were ceremonial or ceremonious, if that's a word, of something. Anyone out there listening, let us know if that's correct. I'm pretty sure it is, though. 
But yeah, um, that's before he says anything, of course, before he sends to Master Yoda. But when I, um, upon rewatching this scene, because um, when Luke pitched the idea, firstly, I could have cried in delight because I love this scene. But I've gone back and rewatched this so many times, and uh, it, it struck me. I thought, what? 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 What's it? I know it's because it's quite a morbid thing. If 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 it was to be confirmed, you think, oh, that's that's quite a depressing thought. But um, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he would have just stood there and watched everything burn. But he did go to the island to mm. die. In his own words, that is such an interesting tidbit and thought. That is such an interesting tidbit and thought. Because mm. um, obviously, because yeah, Ray's like gone, absolutely. Ray, Ray's left him. Ray, Ray, and Luke had their kind of like. Uh, what's it called, like aerial and lightsaber fight and whatever it was, and uh, Luke said this isn't going to go the way you think, and Ray's gone now, so he's obviously completely yes. withdrawn now from the Jedi. He's had enough, so that's what got me thinking, because obviously, because that leads into this scene. Of course, of course, and then obviously Luke goes on to say, "I'm ending all of this." The tree, the text, the Jedi. Yep, I'm going to burn it down, and then what happens? Our boy, our little green geezer. He thinks, "Oh well, come on." He's like, this, oh. this, 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 this schmuck, as Luke would say, he has he hasn't got uh, the guts to go through with this. That's it. That's it. And the lightning strikes and the tree burns down. Anyway, Luke like goes like explodes <laughs> off and like freaks out. He's a mess. Emotionally, he's a mess, isn't he? And uh, Yoda goes, oh, Skywalker, missed you, I have. And I love that scene. And even even during all of this scene, my wife, who isn't even really a Star Wars fan, like kind of held my arm. Like she kind of grabbed my arm because because <laughs> even she realized like how much of a big deal this was. You know, like before this film, we had no inkling that Yoda would be back. And lo and behold, <laughs> you know, after more than a decade off screen, here he is. Our boy Yoda is back practical Yoda on the well. big screen, and it's practical. Uh, yeah, and before we move on, I just wanted to mention the practical Yoda. You digging it? You like it? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I do. I I like the fact that you can tell that it is a puppet. That it's a little green puppet once more. And yeah. Mark Hamill worked so well with the green puppet on the Empire Strikes Back. I can't imagine him working with a CGI Yoda. I can't imagine him wanting to work with like a a pretend CGI Yoda. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it. I thought it looked really good because, I, and I don't know if it was intentional, but it looked like a Yoda that was almost fresh faced. Yeah. It didn't look like a Yoda that's been worn down after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of good years point. of right. It, it looked like a fresh faced Yoda, and I think that was intentional. Um, but yeah, I loved that it. it was a puppet. I loved that he, you know he was moving around and his little feet were like giggling. It just. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was so Star Wars. It was so Star Wars. And what a great way to introduce our, our brilliant heroes back into the franchise um, and, and into the sequel trilogy. So I think we got that, that intro. You, you want to resume? I think so. I just, or just before, I just love the way they kind of say, they, Luke senses Yoda behind him. And he just turns around mm, as his master Yoda, yes. and then and then Yoda says, "Young Skywalker." They have that moment of acknowledgement, and then Luke thinks, "Yes, oh, I'm going to burn it down anyway." Type thing. I love that. And then obviously we get cheeky Yoda. It's a brilliant, brilliant. In, uh, as it, as in terms of this kind of introductory section, I love that opening salvo. Luke's cut himself off in the Force, but he he senses his old master behind him. 
Yes, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And it, 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 visually, this just looks incredible. It looks incredible. But in terms of dialogue, I think the uh, best is yet to come. I think so, mate. So, should we uh, should we jump on to part number two? Let's do it. So it is time. The Jedi order to end. Time it is. <laughs> For you to look past a pile of old books. The sacred Jedi texts. Oh, read them, have you? Well, on page turners, they were not. Yes, yes, yes. Wisdom they held, but that library contained nothing that the girl Ray does not already possess. Hmm. Skywalker. Still looking to the horizon. Never here. Now. Hmm? The need in front of your nose. Hmm? So it is time for the Jedi Order to end. Or is it just time for him to look past a pile of books, Master Blywalker? Oh, it's time for him to look past a pile of books. <laughs> yes. The sacred Jedi text. See, people, I mean, the page turner thing, right? How are you feeling about that? Mate, when I heard it in the cinema, it got a laugh. I laughed and it got a laugh in the cinema. Not what people weren't belly laughing, but it was good fun. Nah, it was like a little chuckle, yeah, right? And this and is I, Ryan I, getting I, the comedy right. Yeah, which, in my opinion, I don't think the Last Jedi. I think the comedy in the Last Jedi is is naff. Exactly. I don't think it's. I don't think it's good. Um, but with this one, I think you got it pretty spot on. It worked. And yeah, it, it 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 did work. It did work. And it, it is Yoda. You look at Yoda in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. He's a right cheeky little chap. He's a prankster. Really. He's a dry joker. He, yeah, he is. He is an absolute. Like he's an absolute lad. There we go. There we go. And look, listen, 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 Matt. My my, this is like absolutely incredible. Obviously, Yoda says, "Yeah, time for you to look past a pile of old books, right?" Yeah. Because the thing he is saying is, "This ain't about the books, mate. This isn't about that. The Jedi, the Force, it's more. It's bigger. It's it's bigger than that, Mm -hmm. right?" And Luke even knows this. Luke even knows this, right? Now, this is so clever. Wisdom they held. And I didn't oh, I didn't even know this. I didn't even realize this on my first viewing, right? It was only like, I think on the second, and it was mentioned to me after. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, anyway, let, let, let me mention it first. Wisdom they held, but the library contained nothing that the girl Ray does not already possess. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the film, what do we find out? She's got those bookie works. Yoda, you sly little so-and-so. <laughs> you sly dog you, Yoda. You sly in, in, in more than in more than one <laughs> way. We find out no, Ray just swipes them. Yeah. Ray was thinking to herself, well, Luke, you're not using them, mate. I'm gonna swipe them. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> oh, it's just it's 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 lovely. It's lovely. And I Remember in the cinema, feeling, uh, especially when they're just sitting there together talking. Mm-hmm. It was one of those moments in in the sequel trilogy where you're like, "Yeah, this is Star Wars." Yeah, yeah. This is Star Wars. This is Star Wars. It's just storytelling. It's lessons. Wow. And then obviously Yoda goes Skywalker, still looking 
to the horizon. How are you feeling about that? Mate, it's, it's the feels, isn't it? Because your mind instantly goes back to, or mine does anyway, to a new hope when young Luke Skywalker is looking out to the horizon with the force theme, theme blaring. And it takes you back to that moment. It takes you back to the first time you saw the film. It brings it all back again, which is something that this scene does so well. It brings back that proper sort of nostalgic buzz, warm feeling for those days yeah. gone by, but it doesn't make you long for them. This this belongs alongside them, this part does. it's. Yes. I, I really like that bit. And about the bit before, do you know what? I love how seemingly Yoda knows Rey, knows of Rey via the Force, and he knows what she's capable of as well. Do you know what I mean? Thousands of generations worth of knowledge and level ups in those books. Nah, Rey knows that already. Yes, mate. He already knows she nicked those books as well. So I love how even though he's sort of not there, he's kind of omnipresent. He knows, Ryoden knows what's going on. He's He knows Rey. He's he's aware of what she's doing. Um, yes. And, and this scene, again, it just shows how Luke Skywalker is clinging on to the Jedi of the past and his own personal feelings. He's not seeing the bigger picture, which is obviously when Yoda clumps him around the head, still looking to the yeah. horizon. He's still not letting go, if you will, which is something Kylo Ren says, actually, in the film. You've got to let go. And that's what Luke needs to do to stop. He needs to open up and see that there's more to the Jedi, more to the Force, or even just more to the Force than the Jedi, but more than just a couple of old books, which he didn't even read anyway, which, again, the way when uh, Yoda asked, uh, read them have you and he's like oh, well, well yeah <laughs> I, it, that, it's that kind of camaraderie between a puppet and Mark Hamill which as you said it's Star Wars it just feels like it feels Star Wars. so right yeah that is that moment when you see they're still looking to the horizon it's it sums up Luke Skywalker's character as well because he's always been that kind of the dreamer if we were always looking yes. to the horizon yes. but in this sense where he is at now or this particular point in the in the saga He's closed himself off and he's looking he's looking in the wrong direction. He doesn't need he needs yeah. to be looking elsewhere. And if you if you really look at Luke Skywalker as a character during the original trilogy, he was very much so looking at the horizon, literally yeah. and metaphorically, right? He's always looking at, at, at the future, not not the here, not the now. You know, that's why he in Return of the Jedi chucks his lightsaber to to the side because he's thinking, look, you know, like I'm not, I'm not going to like go down like as as a villain just to just to win right I'm yeah. you know forget that and it, it's it, although it's that that's quite impulsive in itself you know it's not always that's not what he was sent there to do yep right and and even in Empire Strikes Back you know he doesn't listen to Obi-Wan and Yoda he goes he fights Vader because he feels like he can turn him he feels like he can change the future right he disobeys Yoda and Obi-Wan and he, and he looks at his own vision his own dreams like you said he's a dreamer mm-hmm. right but that's what makes Luke Skywalker Luke Skywalker and the truth is you need a Luke Skywalker yes you need a Luke Skywalker to be the visionary to be the dreamer right but he also as a master he needs to know what's in front of him he needs to learn what's also just in front of you, yeah. pay attention to those closer to you, closer to you, right? And I, I, it's 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 a brilliant lesson. Yeah, it's a brilliant lesson, and and it's that classic wisdom, you know. And and that is the difference, you know. Episode two, Attack of the Clones. What did old Jet Jetster Dexter say? Dexter Jetster. <laughs> yeah, well, he's. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jetster Dexter or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. I was going to do some of his quotes then, but I can't do his voice like you can. He was like, there is a difference between wis- uh, knowledge and wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> something like that something, something like that, like that. Like, he's got some like weird ruffled up like bristolian accent or something but um but yeah and and that's true yeah that is true right you can have all the knowledge in the world but if you don't know how to apply it yep. it's pretty useless it's just and you're wasting books on the, the shelf there we go oh, there we go do you know what i also like as well it's so cool to hear the classic characters mentioning the new characters so having Yoda mm. say Ray, as like it, it, little things like that, which kind of it, it connects it all up, and it, it, I I love hearing it. Similar to in Rebels when Palpatine said Ezra Bridger and stuff like that, I like hearing stuff like that. And the, the, from this little section, the overriding th- feel I got, which again is down to the clever writing and the execution, drink, and the oh, and the, the tone and the comedy as well. And I don't want to say comedy, the tone and the levity is that Luke is like a naughty schoolboy. He's been scolded by his teacher. That's how I feel yep. because, you know, Luke was so very confident beforehand he's going to burn this tree down. And then when Yoda starts, you know, saying to him, you're going to look past these books. You've read them, have you? And then he starts kind of floundering. Like, uh, well, I don't, I don't. And and when Yoda's talking to him, Luke's still kind of just looking beside, looking behind him and he gets a whack on the knee and a whack on the head. He's like a naughty mm. schoolboy. Mm. And it's always remember, it's always important to remember that Yoda is so much older than Luke, yeah. right? What was he, like 900 years old? 900 years old, you Jedi are. Or something, yeah. Right, right. And Luke definitely is not that old, right? <laughs> and uh, right, and, and Yoda has gone beyond, right? Yep. He, he, is, he is one with the Force. And he, he, he is there to pass on his knowledge, yep. right? And, and Luke's there, but fortunately, he's... You know he's listening. He's not. He's not arguing with him. He's just almost just telling it how it is. Yeah. He's consoling him. Yeah. And he's not been able to do this because it, 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 maybe no one else would understand. Yeah. yeah maybe right. Yoda was the only one who'd really understand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's lovely. Yeah. But I think you're right. Though. I've, that's the one thing I took from this scene as well was that Yoda. I think was the only one who could really pull Luke out of his funk. I think. I mean, maybe an Anakin Skywalker could have done. Maybe we're yet to see him in the mm. Rise of Skywalker. Who knows? But Yoda seems to me like the one character, established character, who has had interaction with Luke, who could kind of say to him, "Look, come on, let's let's let, let's talk this out. Let's get you on the right track, and let, let you know, let's have the Skywalker rise once more." So that's what I took as well. So yeah, it's a good point. Mm, absolutely, absolutely, mate. And um, again. This scene just keeps getting better, doesn't it? It does. Part three, shall we? Part three, mate. Part three. I was weak. Unwise. Lost Ben Solo. You did. Lose Ray. We must not. I can't be what she needs me to be. Heeded my words not, did you? Pass on what you have learned. Strength. Mastery. But weakness... Folly. Failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. Luke. 
they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. My. The music. <laughs> the music. Uh, that's what I want to say first. The music. How faultless is the music in this scene? Right. You get the it, like you said in the first section. It starts off with this kind of imposing, like towering horns, um, as Luke's going towards a tree, and it ends. And you get the force theme, and then it ends with Yoda's theme played so almost delicately over his um, his speech in this scene. It's the way it goes from A to B is just brilliant, and that is again. Yeah. One yeah. other reason why I can't wait to see what John Williams is going to give us for the Rise of Skywalker, his final film, because the Last Jedi score showed that he's he's never going to lose it. He's never lost it. He's still got it, and this scene encapsulates that brilliantly. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, I mean, Luke starts off this section with saying, "I was weak and wise." Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, like like kind of we elaborated to just a second second ago. You know, this is him just being honest. He's just being really like level with him being very transparent yeah. like i made a mistake which is very human it's very normal yeah. of him even of someone in, in that higher up in in power in rank and in accomplishment guess what you're not perfect he's a flawed hero we're not perfect he's a flawed hero and he was never a you know like utopian hero mm-hmm. he was never perfect nope. he was always this you know kind of underdog hero right and 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 Yoda replies, just lost Ben Solo, yes. not not Kylo, not Kylo Ren. Ben Solo. Yep, he knows you did. Mm. I think that's quite telling. Yes, it I, it would have been odd if he said lost Kylo Ren, but the fact that yeah, the fact that he says lost Ben Solo, you did again. Yoda knows what's what's going on, and do is this the first time? Luke and Yoda have communed since Return of the Jedi, do you think? I think it probably is. The, the interaction I th- I th- seems I th- I like I think it. it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it could be. I, I, I don't know if it's like, if that is like definitely canonized, like I don't know, confirmed. Yeah. Um, but I really, really wouldn't be surprised if, if it is, because it seems like it's like you said. Mm. Yeah, there's been a long time. Yeah. Because he says, you know, Sky, what missed you, have I? So, I mean, he could, he could have not spoken to him for a couple of years, but... I don't know, it seems like they haven't, you know, communed all that much. And we've got that massive gap in between Jedi and, well, The Force Awakens, uh, this sequel trilogy, 30-odd years to fill. So who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, I just wanted to ask you that because I'm kind of, yeah, I, I've got the impression question, that he man. did. He hadn't, they hadn't, sorry, spoken. No, um, it's a good question. It's a good question. And, I mean, obviously he goes on to say, lose Ray. We must not. Yeah. Right, again, like you said, it's great to see these new sequel trilogy characters being mentioned by the OGs. Yep. I mean, that's just... That's just... That's cool, isn't it? That's crazy. Cool. That is just crazy. And then it, it kind of just goes straight into the, the, the real meat, the real spicy bit <laughs> of this scene. I can't be what she needs me to be. He, he says it so like forcefully as well. Yeah, I can't be it because of that one decision, that one wrong decision I made. 
the one mistake I made, I can't be it, right? Because I'm responsible for this new villain. You know, that's the way he's looking at it. And, you know, I totally understand and, and, and get that. But Yoda goes and drops the knowledge bomb, didn't he, man? Go on, mate. He did my words, not did you. Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery, but weakness, folly, failure also. Oh, my days. That, that, that dialogue man that line is mental good mental the greatest good. teacher failure is yeah it's just what it's a great yeah. it's all of that is like you said the message star wars has always had underlying messages especially in the original trilogy as well and this is it you can teach somebody with all the best will and intention in the world how to do something but if they if they don't know how to fail, if they don't understand weakness, then do you know how will you ever advance yourself? And the greatest teacher failure is. And mm. I mean, we go he goes on as well, but that little bit there is so good. And it's this is pure kind of Yoda to me. This is the Yoda I wanted, and he's wise, wise Yoda. Yeah. yeah, and this reminds me of my boy Michael Jordan. Who says no, like I, I think there's a quote. This is this is like there's like a quote of him like um saying like I fail again, I fail, I fail, I fail, and that is why I succeed. Yeah. And right, because that's that's true. And you look at the best sportsmen, right? Even some of you know, like debatably some of the most successful empires, you know. Before becoming an empire, before becoming a top dog, you know, they've had a lot of failures. They've had yeah. a lot of like things, you know, go wrong um, and experiences that have driven them through to the other side. And that's what Luke isn't getting here. You know, he, the truth is he failed um, in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. especially in the Empire Strikes Back. But, you know, let's be honest, that's kind of it. Right, mm-hmm. he, did, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't fail loads. Other than that, obviously, he got his hand cut off, and that you know, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> a bit of a, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. Um, but you know, a new hope. He's the farm boy who, in a few days, goes from no one to shooting down a Death Star. <laughs> yes, he does. Right? In in Return of the Jedi, remember Empire Strikes Back. You know, this is a kid who's disobedient, goes in, gets hands chopped off. Next time we see him on screen, mate, the dude's a Jedi Master, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, he's learned. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he's 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 done his learning and stuff. So maybe his training wasn't done. Maybe this was the last thing he needed to do. Maybe this is it. He needed to experience this kind of gripping, horrific failure mm-hmm. that 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 everyone goes through, man. Yeah. Everyone goes through this kind of thing, yeah. right? And that's the kind of hero you want. That is the kind of leader you want. You want someone who's been through this rubbish, horrific, nasty stuff and can at the end of that be a hero, yep. be inspiring. That is why Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, I had no problems with I said that in Yoda talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, if no one got that, <laughs> this reminds me of a quote from Chumba Wumba. I get knocked down, but I get back up again. You're never going to keep me down. 
It's, uh, it's true. I'd like to it's see. True. I'd like to hear Yoda sing that. Yeah, Luke became the spark. We know that, and he, we know his Jedi temple was, you know, destroyed by Ben Solo and a couple of yeah. other students as well, who possibly became the Knights of Rome. We don't know. So we know that he had that to to put up with. Plus the fact that he obviously had thoughts about um, killing his own nephew, fleeting thoughts, but but you know it, it came and went within a blink of an eye, depending on whose story and- you believe. So he had to put up with that. Yeah, and I, I always look at it as like it, it wasn't him sitting there killing his own nep- nephew, right? It was him sitting there protecting and saving what he's built mm-hmm. through a, from from when he was a farm boy up until a Jedi Master having his own academy, right? It was all of that. It wasn't him just going in and deciding, you know, I'm going to kill Ben Solo. Slice this guy up, no. Yeah. It's him protecting that, but he made a mistake. Yep, and, and there we go. Yep, and uh, and that speech goes on. The music, the Oda's theme is still going. It's swelling, oh. and he says, oh. "Of course, the greatest teacher failure is." He says, "Luke, we are what they grow beyond." That is the burden of all masters, and this is such a it's such a wonderful line. And from and Beautiful. me. I, I find this line extremely relatable and I did when it came out too because it gets me thinking about uh, fatherhood and the pressures yes. and the possibilities because you want your own children to learn from yourself and you want them to eventually surpass you and go on to great things. I know I do. Of course. And it's something you think about every day and it is that kind of, and it is the true burden that your children or your, your students or whatever, in whatever walk of life you're in, they will one day surpass you because of your teachings and they will become greater than you and not in a you know not in a overconfident arrogant way but that's what you want and this line every time i hear it it makes me think of that and it makes me think you know wow what could the future hold certainly for my young daughter as well but obviously for anybody out there like i say in whatever situation you won't be in this it's it's, a, it's an extremely relatable line and it's a fantastic fantastic bit of writing and you know all this speech is just pure bellissimo it's just it's it's pure Yoda to me. It's mm. what we want from Yoda. We don't want we got the flack from the prequels for Yoda doing too much backwards talk and all that kind of stuff. Despite the fact that he had some great lines in the prequels, but this is you know the best Yoda has been since the Empire Strikes Back for me. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. This is this is up there with the uh, Luke and Yoda in, in Dagobah and Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back. I think this is one of I mean this when I say this is one of my favorite moments in the whole of the Skywalker saga. Yep. In any Star Wars moment, this is definitely one of my favorites. And I keep watching it, Matt. I keep gravitating back to it because there's so much to learn from it and there's so much to get from it that it it it, it deserves multiple viewings yeah. <laughs> you know in my little crazy opinion um but there we go like you said that is the true burden of all masters and i tell you what ryan johnson you know for all the things he did and and you know bless him he was set with the task of making a star wars film that you know mixed things up and it weren't to everyone's taste, but I tell you what, mate, this scene is something special and it's going to age beautifully. I couldn't agree more with that. We say that The Force Awakens was too similar, was too much like the, the old days, and The Last Jedi was far too radical for our liking. However, 
one of the best scenes, if not if not the one of the best scenes in the sequel trilogy, is the scene that harkens most to the days of old. You know, the Force Awakens had yeah. beats, and obviously beats that were similar, but this scene. It's almost like it's been is a continuation of yes. the scene from Empire or Jedi. It and felt right, and it felt right. And then you get the two of them sitting, almost silhouetted against that sort of towering, blazing inferno of the Force Tree. What an enduring image! What a brilliant bit of cinematography! And it is because I mean, we've spoken about yeah, we've spoken about the the uh, dialogue in this scene and the music, but visually as well, it's got that. It's it's in the nighttime. It there's that kind of mist around in some parts. You've got mm. the embers of the fire f- around them. At, at times, mm. it has that kind of ethereal, not full-on pure Dagobah vibe, but there's something otherworldly about it. And it reminds me of those old the days gone by of like Empire and um, Return of the Jedi, just visually how this scene looks. Because it, it could have easily been a, a flat-looking scene in the dark, but like I say, the, the brightness from the, from the fire, the embers... The hue around Yoda, which I will say that practical Yoda's got a lot less blue force ghostliness to him, but um, I think that the visually the scene just looks great. And again, oh, considering that Yoda yeah. is a puppet being controlled by Frank Oz, you'd never know that that was a, a set built for a puppet. I wouldn't, anyway. I, uh, mate, this this is this is an incredible scene, and I, I'm I'm so happy it exists, and I think. Also, just something I'm going to add my last thought on this yeah. is that it's also something new. Mm-hmm. Like in Star Wars, the theme of failure is not as prevalent as it is during this scene. Yep. It's like, guys, you fail. We all fail. The best of us fail. Because guess what? They're not perfect. Mm-hmm. So there's a lesson to be learned. You pass on your failures. You teach people your failures. And you can still inspire. You can still do good. You can still, you know, be a uh, force projection and like make Kylo look like an absolute muppet. Mug. <laughs> um, but there we go. There we go. I think it's a beautiful scene. The music, the 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 effects, everything. Mwah! Bellissima. Chef's kiss. Gorgeous. In a film. Beautiful. In a film about failure. Obviously, this is you know the best encapsulation of that. Because we know Poe Dameron bumbles his way through the entire film, failing Finn and Rose on Canto <laughs> Bite. They don't get the job done there. Ray doesn't get the job done when she goes to confront Snoke if we were and team up with Ben Solo. Kylo Ren. Kylo's the boy who gets it done then. But this is the scene which crystallises that. You must learn yes. from your failure. And look what Luke goes on to become. He, he becomes yes. the legend of Luke Skywalker, inspiring the galaxy. He's a spark that likes to fire, that burns the First Order down, and whatever is in store for the rise of Skywalker, JJ is going to... Whether he, he doesn't have to do anything to top anyone, but he's going to have to go some way to topping this scene. Because I'm not going to go... I'm, I'm not ready to go out there and say it's my favourite scene of the entire sequel trilogy yet, because we've still got another film to go. However, out of the two films you've got so far, <laughs> it's rustling right, up, it's right near the top there. It's fighting its way up there. So I thought visually, um, musically... The dialogue, everything about the lesson, the acting, the performance, the nostalgia. What a brilliant, brilliant scene! And you know, it's testament to my to my boy Luke Blywalker for actually bringing this scene up and having the opportunity to talk about it. Because when you dive into it and you sort of dissect it a little bit, you start to realise that there's so much going on 
more than just a great scene between two great characters. There's a, there's a lot going on and great shout for a great scene. Absa diddly lootly. Mate. Boom. Well, shall we uh shall we take our thoughts? Shall we go and uh go inside this bantina, which all looks an awful lot like a forced tree? Let's do it. Yeah. Oh mate, well, a couple of Yoda bombs, please, barman. Tee him up for Ooh, us. Yeah. Yoda bombs, yeah. Oh mate, I'm up for that. Nice. I'm up for a Yoda <laughs> bomb. It's nice to think on the spot. Thank you guys. Uh, we love hearing from nice. you guys, the best listeners in the galaxy. Of course you are. Uh, and we asked you guys whether, firstly, you like the scene, and uh, secondly, what were your favourite moments from it. So here's a little sprinkling, a little selection from the good stuff that we got. Here it is, guys. On Twitter, we are simply, if you believe this was the best scene of the film, The Last Jedi. Well, the result was straight down the middle with a 50-50. That's on Twitter. Whereas on Instagram, I said that like an Australian. That's, That's on, on Twitter. Twitter. Hey. Uh, Twitter. On uh, whereas on Instagram, yeah. Oh, lads, lads, lads. <laughs> uh, whereas on Instagram, the result was 68% to 32% in favour of yes, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there that really like this scene. I'm guessing probably the Snoke um ray kylo battle scene was probably the the main contender to that but hey i will take it yep i'm happy about that uh and speaking of you guys and what you said here's uh, here's a wee sampling of what you guys thought of the scene or just your favorite parts of it master blywalker shoot let's do it donny jeep said yoda admitting his failures and the ones from the old jedi order per se and talking about how failure is a way to learn um i think it's really really important not only in star wars but as a life lesson yes donny jeep you are absolutely spot on you king um and then sean hudson familiar mm. name um mm. said i often mm, i often think about that quote when trying to be a parent yeah. i think it's a great line i love the way luke says text text yoda it's so good. Yoda dissing Luke. You've screwed up on Ben, but we must not lose Ray. He goes on to say, Sean goes on to say, is she the chosen one? <laughs> uh, then finally, page turners, they were not. Was only the bit, was the only bit I thought, hmm, that's not really Yoda. Great scene though. I got genuinely excited when Yoda was seen as a force ghost. Great scenes, great movie. What an absolute king, Sean. And yes, all those comments are spot on five star. Yep, I recognise that guy. Nice guy as well. Uh, Luke Summerfield said, Yoda being mischievous and playful, showing Luke is still a young learner with Yoda having over 900 years of experience. Then the icing on the cake where Yoda strikes the tree with lightning. The, the king of Wales mm. comes up with the good stuff again. You're right though, like you mentioned, Yoda's an old dude. He knows, a, he knows 900 times more than Luke does and ever will do so listen to what he says and um the wonderfully named old jedi said overall <laughs> i thought this was one of the better scenes in the last jedi it was nice to see classic yoda back with luke it was although i wish yoda had kept a little bit more of his scary slash creepy tone that he had in the empire strike back rather than leaning so heavily towards yoda the jokester i like serious yoda better i think we got a bit of both mm. though to be honest because okay in the empire strikes back he was a clown to start with and then he became yeah exactly serious yoda and I think we got a bit of both in there, but I see what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah. He was a proper, like, he, he was a proper, like, Joker in The Empire was, Strikes Back. I'd say it was even, he was more so uh, in, in the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, in the beginning of the Dagobah scene. Yeah, sure, but yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, fair enough. Um, up next, Samuel Allen, a.k.a. G Master G Marrick 08, added, yep, a shocker it was. I never thought another Force Ghost would return to this sequel. So glad it was him. I just wished Ray could wait a few more minutes to see his arrival. A classic that would have been. Oh, mate. Yeah, I, I think Ray, I think it was all meant to be. Mm -hmm. I think the Force, I think the Force, I mean, personally speaking, I don't know this is bad, but I think the Force maybe pushed Ray aside and said, look, Luke, this is it, mate. You, you, you're, you've, you've had your chance. Yoda, do something about this. <laughs> yeah. And there we go. And that's that. I, I don't know. That's kind of like how I think about it. But yeah, thanks for the comment, dude. Yeah, the Force started bringing in the big guns, and I'm glad to see the Force Ghost did return, and we know they're not they're coming back in the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, finally, Zach Grace said, probably one of my favourites in the whole franchise. However, the, mm -hmm. the Moonlight Warrior said, that scene is quite insulting. Now, um, on that note from the Moonlight Warrior, I did reach out to him and just say, you know, just out of interest, dude, what was what was it you didn't like about it? Because I'm always curious to see the other side. And uh, a few days later, I'm still waiting to find out. But, um, yeah, horses for courses, that's your opinion, and we live with it, my man. Yeah, absolutely, mate, absolutely. And everyone's entitled to their opinion, yeah. and we are more than happy to take the opinions, and I have listeners from... All kinds of opinions, because that is what Star Wars is all about. Yes, I agree, mate. So, uh, shall we move on to the Patreon side, mate? Yeah, mate, let's flipping smash it. <laughs> First off, we have a proper naughty, spicy question from none other than the king of Dovetail Design, who made our sexy branding. It's none other than Isaac Pevy. Who asks, you have to swap two actors' roles in the whole of Star Wars. Who do you swap? And as an example, Hayden for Obi-Wan and Ewan for Anakin. Um, and Isaac goes on to say there is a correct answer. However, there is a rule. No swapping of actors who play the same character, e.g. Alec for Ewan. That's just not cricket. Also, no swapping of parallel characters, e.g. Daisy and Mark, both main heroes. Uh, Matt, take it away. Isaac pulled <laughs> That's out a hard all one. the stops here, right? I mean, I mean, who wouldn't want to see Forrest Whitaker and Harrison Ford swap roles, Saul Guerrero and Han Solo, right. just for a laugh? I love you. I know. That would be great. Can you imagine Harrison Ford <laughs> sneering? Can you imagine Harrison Ford in your in your accent saying? Save the rebellion, save the dream. How sarcastic would that sound? Oh, oh, and, oh, mate, sign me up. And, um, hey, boy, that's not how the force works. Otherwise, um, on a more serious note, Adam Driver and Hayden Christensen, if you really must. I think Adam Driver's Anakin would be immense, and Hayden as Kylo mm. would be great, because for the haters who mm. don't like Hayden's performance, he'd be wearing a mask. And people call Kylo a whiner, so apparently Hayden would be fine. That said, I've said many times, I like Hayden Christensen. I like his Anakin. But Adam Driver as Anakin Skywalker and how he became Darth Vader, that would be smoking. So that's my answer. I want to know what Isaac thinks about that. But okay. That's what I'm thinking. Aid Adam and Hayden. I, I like it. For, for me, this is like... To me, this almost feels so obvious that it's like cheating. <laughs> um, Okay. Daisy Ridley and uh, Natalie Portman. Just switch those Ooh. guys around. Oh, oh, oh. 
And you've pretty much like, like honestly, what's the difference? Spice delicious. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, spice delicious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, if it, like I don't know, like Finn and uh, so John Boyega could play like a young Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And there we go. And 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 there we go. Yeah. Like before you know it, we got all kinds of like crazy, you know. I'd like to see yeah. Yoda and Chewie swap places. <laughs> yeah, biology in Star Wars just like it's crazy. It's soft or Uh there we go. There we go. So yeah, no, but I I'm I reckon that's like the right answer. But yeah, Isaac, please tell us the right answer because obviously, like you said, there is a correct one. And we are buzzing to know, mate. <laughs> yeah, don't leave us hanging, Isaac. Uh, one more time, Dovetail Designs, thank you so much for our smoking branding, mate. Everybody go check them out. We had another question from a new patron, George Constantinou. What a name. Uh, he said, I'm a huge fan of the prequels, being 22, and that's the first mm-hmm. reason I'm listening to you today. Well, thank you so much for that, George. Um, apart Lad. from the Master and Apprentice novel, which is amazing, I agree, and the, old, and the odd comic here and there, I feel as if they're going to leave the prequel era behind. With games, books, TV series, and films being released in the next decade, do you think they'll make any live-action films or TV series pre phantom menace or will it be left behind so luke will you what, what say you okay in in 2014 2015 i'd agree with you mm-hmm. i think in, I, I think lucasfilm actually made a conscious effort to just kind of like move away from the prequel <laughs> trilogy and the prequel era um now no i don't think that battlefront 2 massive success success is having a renaissance the player base is up mm-hmm. people are talking about that game again people are streaming it on twitch you know it's 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 great it's going really well a big part of that is because of the clone wars expansion yes. felucia which <laughs> i played on the weekend and is sick right it's so much fun and then on top of that clone wars saved you got another season of clone wars coming out right Lucasfilm have realised there are people my age, your age, George, and Matt's age mm-hmm. that grew up with the prequels all, all, all during different times, right? And it means different things to different people. But we see the prequels through roasting the glasses. We see the story, the overall story, and how it's so genius, how it's so clever. We love it, despite its faults, despite its stupidities. We love it. <laughs> Lucasfilm know that. And Lucasfilm are going to catch on to that, mate. Trust me, we are going to get prequel era stuff coming our way. Whether it is going to be a pre-prequel, a prequel prequel, I don't know. I don't know if the Old Republic is actually going to be done via, I don't know, like a trilogy or... I, I think TV series. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that's that's my thought, and I, obviously books and comics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yada yada yada. Mm. But we're we're getting to the meat here, right? I reckon TV series. Matt, what you say, mate? Uh, pre the Phantom Menace, yeah, I agree. Yeah, the other public always being thrown out, thrown about. Sorry, so that could quench some of your thirst, George. Like a nice Peroni on a hot summer's day for Luke. How close any to the Phantom Menace would any show or movie be? I don't know. I've got no idea. But I can't imagine we'll get anything just yet that leads directly into episode one as in like mm-hmm. we have a tv series that ends just as episode one begins but um i don't th- i don't think they're done though like you said i don't think they're quite done with that do you know what having benny off and wife's trilogy and ryan johnson's trilogy 
That gives Lucasfilm a chance to potentially do stories set in the past and the future. It's again, it's a no-brainer. Give Benioff and Wise something pre um, Phantom Menace, and I know that just because they did Game of Thrones doesn't mean they're going to be pigeonholed into doing the kind of medieval side of things, if you will. Um, but give Ryan Johnson something set in the future, or vice versa. But give yeah. you know, give there's you know before the Phantom Menace, you've got infinite infinite time to tell stories. So I think there's going to be. When I don't know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, in the next ten years, uh, if you if you ask me to make sportsman's bet now, I think in the next ten years, uh, I think we're going to get something, or we're going to get an announcement of some sort that we're going to get a live action something set before yeah. the Phantom Menace. Yeah. What that will be, I don't know. But I think if you ask me in the next ten years, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm with you there, mate. So yeah, there we go, George. I, I think it's. Uh... It's a good time to be a Star Wars fan, and it's a great time to be a prequel fan. Absolutely, and uh, it's always a great time to be a patron, so thank you very much for that, mate. We have dropped our latest podcast episode, episode two, where we are talking about Triple Four Friday, I mean Friday, where me and Luke, we sit down before <laughs> Desperately Wanting a Burger, despondent about the lack of merch on Triple Four Friday. Uh, it's a real decent, real deep kind of raw conversation, really worth your time. Uh, Jibber Jabber with Jabber the Hud, is dropping as well. I'm dri- I'm diving into Raylo. Whisper it quietly. Talking Raylo. And the Journal Naughty. of Luke Blywalker is dropping as well. Luke, what's on the menu this time? Um, I am chatting about The Mandalorian, Jedi Fallen Order, and will those two um, products help with the Rise of Skywalker's success? Not just financial success, but overall success. Um, so I thought that was an interesting little topic to have a chit-chat about. Yep, so uh, check it out. Uh, we'll give all the links at the end if you want to sign up. All, all patrons at all tiers get access to all of the bonus material. And we're putting out episodes whenever we whenever we want. They're regular. Put it like that. They're not. We're not sticking to, well, uh, we're going to put out one every two months. You know, if we come up with something, we'll put it out there. When you've got a mind like Luke Blies, you can't hold that down. You can't tie that down. So, um, oh, you spicy such a... On that, we're... it's more, it's, it's, it's you, mate. You're, you're pumping out the naughtiness. Well, I've been, that's, I've been accused of that before, my man. MCM Comic Con. <laughs> we're going to be at Comic Con in, well, what's that? A week and a half time, a ten days time. So, if anyone is going to be there, yes, come, come, let, come, let us know. We'll be, we'd love to see you on the show floor. We're going to be there. Uh, we're going to have. We're going to be taking videos. We're going to be taking pictures. We're going to be interviewing people. We're going to be at the panels. We're going to be podding. Uh, so yeah, let us know. We'd love to meet you guys there. And oh, I know Luke cannot wait to meet you guys either. Star Session Squad live at MCM Comic Con. It don't get much better, does it? And then lastly, Matt, what else we got? Well, I've been put in my place, mate, for uh, for having the gall, the cheek, and the nerve to not promote. And indeed combine the galaxy far, far away with progressive Swedish death metal and celebrate their obvious connective tissues. I mean, this and Star Wars is indeed like ham and cheese. It's like Bernard Matthews and turkey. Especially something, may I say, like Opeth's In Corder or the new Tool album. Uh, so, Sir Cabbage, <laughs> consider this your apology and our oath fulfilled to you. Yeah, thanks, James. That and for everyone who doesn't know, that is my brother who messaged that in, <laughs> and uh, he sent in a few weird messages like this to us, <laughs> and um, we thought it was funny time to to actually tell 
um, you lovely listeners, all about James, my amazing brothers, awesome messages that, um, yeah, go out there, listen to Opeth, listen to Tall, um, because Sir Cabbage demands it. And you never know, a Blyday Night special might be around the corner <laughs> coming uh, for your lovely ears uh, again. It's going to be so, Luke Bly singing along to Opeth, and I would pay you good money for that. Um, so speaking of paying good money... Absolutely. Should we, uh, we, we close these doors? See you later, Bantina. Should we hear from a... Uh, should we hear from a man with the golden tones? Mate, we're going from talking about one art form, which is, of course, Swedish death metal, <laughs> to an even greater art form. Star Wars poetry, mate. The pin is mightier than the lightsaber. What Star Wars villain is this, he... Must be a lord of the Sithy. You should run away, but instead you just stay. If only his poems weren't so pithy. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. <laughs> A man so revered and heroic that when he was a baby, he didn't have teddy bears. He had real bears. Curtis Smith with a oh. poem about himself. <laughs> Only Curtis could get away with that. Curtis, last week was a poem all about Star Wars sessions. Me and Luke got name dropped in a poem. This week it's all about the pen being mightier than a lightsaber. And when it's being wielded by yourself, nothing beats it, mate. Yeah, always Curtis always a legend and uh i feel like that was almost like a curtis inception a curtisception like <laughs> meta <poet. laughs> do you know what i mean like it's, it's it's just crazy but there we go there we go hey this is vanessa marshall the voice of harrison doula from star wars rebels and you're listening to star wars sessions probably britain's greatest star wars podcast and we get on to the last part of the show now our favourite part of the show, maybe yours too, it is the game, the Star Wars Chessers game. And guess what? It's my turn this week. The game. Luke has got no idea what the game Ooh. is. So, do you want to know, mate? Okay. Oh, mate, I am desperate to know. Right. Bring it on. It's called 20 Seconds to Go. 20 Seconds to Go. Master Blaster, oh. I'm going to ask you six questions, maybe five. And you have got 20 seconds to provide an answer or, an, or a statement to each one. After that, your time's up. So you've got to think fast. Damn it. Okay, I'm bad at this sort of stuff. Okay, <laughs> I'm nervous. Let's go, let's go. Right, my man. He's ready, he's nervous. Question number one, Luke Blywalker. What do you want from the next and possibly last The Rise of Skywalker trailer? Oh, um, damn it. Uh, I want to see Palpatine. Or hear him. Mm-hmm. And maybe Luke Skywalker too. Yeah, I want that. Brilliant. That's what I want. Yep. Palpatine and Luke Skywalker. I'm looking forward to the trailer dropping just to stop people no posting release the trailer on every Star Wars social post. As if Lucasfilm <laughs> are going to say, oh, but best being Big Boy 86, ask us to release the trailer. <laughs> Get it ready. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Back to the game. Right. Resetting the clock. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could the Rebellion have recovered if Luke Skywalker had missed the Death Star shot? 20 seconds. Oh, uh, probably not. I mean, they had the Death Star. They were blowing up fools left, right, and center. They could blow, and they knew where the Death. No, 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 they wouldn't have. Nope. It all, it all pinned down to Luke. Fair enough. Nineteen seconds. You did it just in time, mate. Next question. Here we go. <laughs> 
how will the Knights of Ren affect the story in the Rise of Skywalker? Oh crap! <laughs> um, um, Five seconds gone. I think they they they're, they're Luke's students. Mm-hmm. They're Luke's old students, and I feel like they will help bring balance to the Force in some way. I think some will die, but not all. And I think some might even be redeemed. Twenty seconds is up, yeah. so we've got balance to the Force. Some are going to die. Some are going to be redeemed. That's a hot take. I'm going to remember this when the film comes out. Yeah. Good shout, though. Spicy. Three more. Thanks, man. Was Jar Jar Binks secretly a Sith Lord? A Sith Lord? Yes. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> straight up. <laughs> no more to yeah, it. We're going to, we're going to find out in episode nine. We're going to find out in episode nine. Trust me. He's come, Trust me, daddy. He's coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Two more. Do you think we're ever going to see legacy planets like Hoth, Utapau, Naboo, Coruscant, or Bespin on screen again? Oh, uh, Coruscant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Coruscant, we will. For sure. We got to, right? I so, so, yeah. I think just just with the one, yes. I don't think in episode nine, though. I don't know. Maybe Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, Tatooine and Coruscant. Tatooine for episode nine, but Coruscant's coming back eventually. Now, last question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got 20 seconds for this one, my man. Lastly, if you had to choose one Star Wars character to be your best mate, like a Han and Chewie Starly, who are you picking and why? It's my boy, Finn. Finn? Yeah. He is actually my boy, Finn. I love, I love, I love, I love that guy. And I, I genuinely think I'd get along with Finn in real life. Boom. Bosh. You're both kind of a big deal. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, mate. He's he's the main dish. I'm just like a little bit of tap water on the side, more like. He hasn't got your hair, has he, mate? (laughs) No, he's got better hair. Have you seen him in episode nine? Mate, he's rocking a do there. He he looks sick. He's looking like a right gangster. His barnet has come on leaps and bounds since the Force Awakens. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. That was awesome, man. Great idea. No worries, mate. 20 seconds is up. Now, those Rise of Skywalker ones and the trailer one, which we don't know when it's dropping, but when it does come out, we're going to revisit that. Luke yeah. wants to see Master Skywalker and Palpatine. I yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. idea if we're going to see either of them. But um, yeah, good shouts, my man. Good shouts. No worries, mate. And thank you for organising that, you cheeky, spicy Star Wars-like muffin. Oh, I'm at the muffin. Well, <laughs> next week it's going to get thrown back over to Master Blywalker. The the yeah, the thermal detonator gets thrown to Luke to come up with the game. But for this week, this trailerless week so far, that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun does not end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? Well, Monsieur Hud, they can <laughs> find us on Twitter at. Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on Twitter. They can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. Or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or cheeky message to our email address, sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. That's sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. And if you want to support the show further, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions for as little as $2 a month. You get loads of lovely, delicious content for your earbuds. 
Yes, matey. And there may be a giveaway coming soon. We're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast. We're there, I'm telling you. And if you love our show, please consider giving us a you know good review on your podcast provider of choice because it really helps to show out more than you know. And we appreciate all the comments and the support and the love we get. And thank you guys once again. Absolutely. And please, 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 please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cat, tell your dog, tell the geezer who used to sell your dip-dabs at the local shop. <laughs> tell your cousin, the more the merrier the Kessel Spicier. Tell your force ghost. Tell him this is the podcast you're looking for. So sadly, until next time, from me, it's Sia, and from Luke... May the force be with you always. <laughs> they are Essex-based podcast heroes. Failure is. Tell that to Kanja Club.